Do you remember how we do this? What? Do you remember how we do this? I remember. I don't have a random number generator on my phone anymore, though. Oh, that could make things difficult. Well, hold on a minute. Go get some dice. We'll just roll a D1000. I don't have a D1000. I have a D100 somewhere. All you need is three D10s. Or one D10 you can roll three times. Yeah, I, I, I have it now. Just because you figure out how many pages there are in the book. 325, I think. 306. Well, there's more, but it's appendices. And mm-hmm. We call it Tolkien-esque, and we'll just read the appendices. I love that concept, appendices. It's like, here's shit that happened too, but we didn't have room for it in the book. Like at a certain point, somebody should have gone over to Tolkien's house and said, you know this didn't really happen, right? 260. Hey, folks. Larry from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Have you been trying to figure out what subscription box to sign up for? If you're a movie buff, then I've got what you need, baby. Horror Pack. For just $19.99 each month, you'll get three DVDs and an exclusive. Or you can spend $24.99 and snag three Blu-rays and an exclusive each month. Just go to horrorpack.com and pick your plan. Now, you've been told what to do, so go do it. Horrorpack.com I don't need a throw rug or something to cover up all this crap I'm getting on the carpet. Thanks. Fingers! Hold on. I'm waiting like two hours for you to say something. What's two hours? It's like two minutes. Felt like days. Well, good. It's going to feel like even longer when you actually have to edit this. Hey, Grizz! I'm still munching. Hold on. God damn it. You know how I feel about munching. You done? Yeah, sure. Hello, people. This week on Achieving Rally, the podcast, we talk about metal news. Throw a little Slayer in there and some AVGN, whatever that is. And we do some weird news, talk about Hobby Lobby and uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained. Talk about religious guys who didn't catch on fire. So, you gotta listen to that one. Hi! Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. We'll see you at the end. you get a sip of your drink there. You're supposed to start your thing. Well, I, I am. I'm going to let you get you a sip of your drink there. Well, I'm just going to cut it out. I can still say it. Not if I cut it out. You didn't say it. I still said it. It exists somewhere. Nope. I cut yeah. it out. 
still exists somewhere. You think it's cut out of the shell? I immediately destroy it. No, you don't. And I know you don't. Then I reformat the drive. So here we go. You know what time it is? Not a clue. Time for some metal news. So James Rolfe, AKA the angry the video, video game nerd, nerd mm -hmm. lists his top five metal albums. All right. And I saw this and I instantly thought of you, Chris, because I know you enjoy the angry video game nerd. Yeah, he just released a new video, well, a week ago now. <laughs> yeah. So. Although they're getting shorter and shorter. He's been doing it for like 15 years. Oh, so. oh. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you expect? And there's 8 million other guys who are doing the exact same thing. Oh, yeah, lots of knockoffs. Yeah, well. So, his number one. Where'd you find this? Oh, sorry about that. Uh, Metalinjection.net. Oh, they must be hurting for news over there. Well, I, I pulled it out of, um. What is it called? Uh, funny nice. Stories. Oh, Funny Stories. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not reading the whole article because there's no need to. I'm just going to go straight into it. Because it's mostly just about him being an angry video game nerd. Well, no, actually, it's, it's, it's one paragraph and then it lists. He's apparently an indie filmmaker and YouTuber under the name Cinemassacre. Yeah. And he's the creator of Angry Video Game Nerd. Mm -hmm. And it did some music work, too. He also started a retro band, hard rock band, called Rex Viper. Yeah. Covering 80s movie montage songs and video game tunes. Mm -hmm. So there, that was the, literally the entire thing. So, number one, Metallica's Ride the Lightning from 1984. I did not have that one. Uh, it says, just like the following album, Master of Puppets, it opens up with clean guitar sound, only to launch you into a frantic, pounding oblivion. Fight fire with fire. Then there's the mandatory fourth track ballad that became a staple, Fade to Black, and you can't finish it off without an epic instrumental, The Call of Cthulhu. Subsequent Metallica albums would almost mirror this track list. It's the classic format. And then number two is Black Sabbath, Master of Reality, 1971. Having just passed his 50th anniversary, this proto-metal classic still sounds as heavy as ever, because, I mean, over time, the record doesn't change. Society does. Yes. Because I mean, seriously, you know, there was a point in time when MC Hammer was, you know, too legit to quit. Ah, then he did honey. too. Then he did too legit to quit. And I like the song "Too Legit." Well, it's like you know, Eddie Murphy used to be harsh and edgy, and well, yeah, you know, he started doing kids, kids movies. Kids movies. Tony and Geezer's giant wall of sound begs to be cranked up as loud as possible. And if I had this album, it would be because I hate my neighbors. Uh, this is the first album where Tony. That's that's Larry, not. To, yeah, Jane yeah, Cole. no, that's yeah, that's just me. Well, uh, he might not like his neighbors too. Uh, where I Tony tuned his guitar down. Probably have to be very understanding people because I'm sure some of those angry video game shoots are. Uh, oh yeah. A bit noisy. Yeah. So there's that one. Number three, Judas Priest, Painkiller, 1990. No, I never listened to that. You never listened to the album Painkiller. Oh, no, no, no. oh yeah, I have. I think I actually have, might have it in my collection somewhere. If I don't, I know I have it digitally. After I heard British Steel, I listened to Painkiller and couldn't believe it was from the same band. It was so fast, so heavy and mind-blowing, I had to turn it off to catch myself a break. My friend who induced, introduced it to me... Who induced me? Yeah. Said to me best, this kicks too much ass! <laughs> like, jeez! It's overwhelming! How can anything else ever top this? I often think of it as the last classic in parentheses metal album marking at the end of the 80s, leaving a trail of molten devastation where grunge grew in its remains. Very poetic. Yeah. Number four, 
White Zombie Astro Creek 2000, 1995. That's one of my favorite records. After he just said that was the last great metal album. Now, one from five years later. Yeah, exactly. When I first heard it, I was almost too scared to listen to it. It was so weird, ugly, and trippy. The voice samples, the strange effects, the electronic elements, the horror film aesthetic, the vocals that sounded like a monster gurgling swamp water. It's too much to take in. It changed me. Turns out it was a monster gurgling swamp water. And complimented my love of horror films, becoming the audio equivalent. I'm desperately hoping he gets the funding uh, to do that movie. He's the Monsters movie? No, the other one. Oh. Marx Brothers movie. Oh, well, I mean, he's he probably will if the Monsters goes off that hitch. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's a, it's a biopic. So if someone tells you, you know, oh, we want to do this movie, well, they're, they're kind of big right now, but we want Rob Zombie to direct this movie. Yeah. People might be like, mm, I'd watch it. Mostly because I know the guy does his research. I'm just saying from a producer's standpoint, that might not be the guy you want to go with if you're going to back this movie. Yeah. You're lost then. And number five, Megadeth's Rust in Peace, 1990. Many bands, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I think this one showcased Megadeth at their best from start to finish with songs of warfare, UFOs, played with hyper-fast intensity, and genuine rage coming through. That's mostly because he sings through his teeth. It just pulverizes you with brutal, unrelenting thrashing and sizzling hot guitar solos. It's one hard hitter after the next, giving you a sonic rush. Honorable mentions. Every Iron Maiden album, and it literally says that. Pantera, Cowboys from Hell. It's a very good one. Fear Factory, D-Manufacture. Mm. Tool, Lateralis. That was also good. System of a Down, Toxicity. And The Sword, Age of Winters. Ta-da. So, moving from that. So, some more metal news. Uh, from, of course, all of this is from MetalInjection.net. Oh, we had a different site we did, but uh, Blabbermouth is just covered in ads, and it took forever to load one page. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. So. Mother names her three kids Metallica, Pantera, and Slayer. Slayer. Yeah. So he can't be gay. Oh, no, of course not. No. Even if he is, it doesn't matter. You just say his name, and it automatically isn't. Yeah. So, so Nobody on the planet listening to this knows what we're talking about. They, well, they do if they watch uh, Dave Posehn. New Zealand... Jer- <laughs> Homework. Yeah. Google Posehn. Really funny comedian. Slayer. Yeah, and Slayer. New Zealand journalist and actor David Ferrer. How's that spell? A lot of R's. And then F. I'm not as... <laughs> well, no. F first. Then there's a lot of R's. Ferrer. It's not Klaus saying it. Or it's Ferrer. Uh, uncovered a fellow New Zealand mother with three children whose names might ring a bell. Metallica, Pantera, and Slayer. Notes that he saw birth certificates of all three kids confirming that they are indeed the most metal children alive. Whose kid are they? No, he's just doing the report. Okay. Notes that he saw the birth certificates of their most metal kids alive. Quote, proud to report that a New Zealand mother has named her children Metallica, Pantera, and Slayer, uh, said River in a series of tweets. She told me it's not easy raiding, raiding, raising three of the heaviest bands. 
I become a bit suspicious when she also included at Metallica's best album and Injustice for All in her kid's name, too. But New Zealand's Registrar General seems to confirm it's a real thing. Plus, I've seen the birth certificates. Anyway, waiting for a comment from at Metallica, at Slayer, and at Pantera as clearly this metal mother and her kids deserve free metal gigs for life. No. Finally, I think it's important to note, as you can see in my photo, as in, in them. Finally, as I think it's important to note, as you can see in the photo in my article, his mother is also a big fan of crossbows, which are truly metal, and she deserves our complete and utter respect for this and for raising three kids. But yet she named them Metallica, Pantera, and Slayer. Says that in the picture, we're gonna grease the way in light, you know. No, exactly. It says to look at the picture, but the only picture just shows the guy who wrote it and look at my picture, some hippie looking dude. So, there you go. So, usually, when you have speaking of New Zealand, they've also said that if there was ever an apocalypse, that's where everybody should go because it would be the best place to survive an apocalypse. Yes, of course, that's not what New Zealand wants to hear. So most kids growing up have nicknames. We don't go around calling you Lawrence, we call you Larry. Well, due to the fact that my name's not Lawrence, I would understand that. My name actually that's not the point. is Larry. Well, it's not a nickname. That's the point. We don't call you Christopher, we call you Chris. Does that work? That works better. It works okay. But I'm the one saying it, so I use but, reference. But my name's not Lawrence. Does it matter? Yes, it does. Because it's not a nickname in that situation. Yes, it it's the wrong name, and you're using my real name. The nickname would be Lawrence, not Larry. Doesn't matter. Gets the point across. Sure. Like I said, you quit arguing. I'm just going to cut it out. <laughs> so, what is the nickname for Metallica? Allie? Did it say boy or girl, please? It, uh, you know? No, it just says her kids. Pantera? What are you. Oh, oh, Auntie? your panties in a twist? Pants? Pa? Oh, Pa! I don't know. It just says names her three kids. The the uh, small print says tough choice if she has a fourth kid. No, it's Megadeth. Uh, yeah, are you going to call your first kid Metallica Meta? I guess you could get away with Pan, but what are you going to call your... That, that's, what's that's the nickname goes... of your kid Slayer, though? You just call him Slayer. Slayer almost sounds like a name. Sla. Come here, Sla! Slayer, Taylor, whatever. Yeah. So, there you go. That's a weird one. And every time he has a substitute teacher, I'll mangle his name. <laughs> Metallica? Metallica? Yeah, Metallica? No, it's Metallica. Yes, we understand you love the band. No, no, that, that that's my name. I think they're being punk. Honestly, if you're doing... And, I mean, come on, really? That's okay. I know Ladasha and an aerobics, so... Yeah. The tsunami? No, I don't know a tsunami. Though my name, Larry, will be used as one of the uh, hurricanes this year. Hopefully we won't get to that one. I hope we do. Oh, we don't. Hurricanes are bad. No, no. Hurricanes are good. Hurricanes are bad. Yeah, they're good. It's rain. Yeah, and? It's been raining for three weeks straight. Well, I mean, we're not going to get to Larry right away. We're only on, like, D or E right now. Like I said, let's not get to it. So there you go. So Angry Game Nerds, five best out favorite albums and a weird New Zealand woman naming her kids after metal bands. Slayer!
Slayer. Oh, Slayer, time for dinner. Yeah, it's not a blow job, it's a bro job. Slayer. So uh, cue uh, heavy metal music or screaming children or both. Chris, hey, it's time for some weird news. Weird news. Weird. Hobby Lobby Uh-oh. ordered to forfeit ancient artifact bought for $1.6 million in 2014. Well, there's a headline you don't see every day. You didn't see it at all. I read it to you. This is from CNN Politics, by the way. Some dude in the heck keeps yelling it belongs to a museum. A New York federal court has ordered U.S. craft store Hobby Lobby to forfeit an ancient artifact purchased at a 2014 auction that originated in the area of modern-day Iraq and entered into the United States contrary to federal law. The Ark of the Covenant. No, it, it's a tablet. The Justice Department announced Tuesday. No, no that was the end of that. The artifact known as the Gilgamesh Dream Tablet is inscribed with a portion of Gilgamesh, an epic poem considered to be one of the oldest works of literature. 2014, Hobby Lobby, a privately owned, a Christian privately owned arts and crafts retailer, whose president is also the chairman of the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Holy crap, I actually saw an ad for this on YouTube yesterday. Hmm. The first words came out where, I got to see Elvis Presley's Bible. And then it goes, we have plenty of King's Bibles here. And they do the whole thing as it was unskippable. And they go through this whole thing and there's like, the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. And I exclaim, are we really going to fucking have this? So it's not a museum of biblical era things. It's a museum of Bibles? Yes, and biblical era things. But yes, it is a... It is... They have a shit ton of Bibles in there, which is another reason why I threw in the Christian part of the Hobby Lobby. You get didn't know Hobby Lobby is a Christian-owned, privately-owned company, like Chick-fil-A. And yes, they believe the exact same thing Chick-fil-A does. So, fuck you. They bought it from an international auction house for $1.674 million dollars. The museum and Hobby Lobby both asked the auction house about the tablet's origin, but the auction house withheld the information and lied in saying the antiquities dealer had confirmed the details of provenance according to the Justice Department, which has sought to return the artifact to Iraq so they can destroy it because Gilgamesh was a Jewish story. And they, no, I'm kidding. I mean, it is, but they're not going to destroy it because they preserve all that stuff. Law enforcement agents seized the tablet from the museum two years ago. The Museum of the get, Bible. Get a picture of these SWAT teams repelling them. Up, 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 Skylights, Tom Cruise style, and <laughs> attaching suction cups to it and hoisting themselves out. The Museum of the Bible has expressed its support for the government's effort to return the artifact to Iraq. Nice. Christie's, 
the international auction house from which Hobby Lobby bought the item, really? told CNN that any suggestion that Christie's has knowledge of the original fraud or illegal importation is unsubstantiated. Yeah, That's I mean, a lie. No. That is a massive bullshit lie. No, it's Christie's, man. They don't need that shit. They don't need it, but I guarantee you they knew about it. Somebody there may have known something about exactly. it. Exactly. But that doesn't mean they said anything. The auction Someone house knew. itself, it wasn't known. Assistant Attorney General Kenneth A. Polite said, You're so polite. Yes, I am. Fuck you. Mr. Polite. Attorney General Polite. Uh, said in a statement Tuesday that thwarting trade in smuggled goods by seizing and forfeiting an ancient artifact shows the department's dedication to using all available tools, including Bill. Including forfeiture to ensure justice. That message was echoed by acting U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York, Jacqueline Casasusilis, who said the forfeiture represents an important milestone on the path to returning this rare and ancient masterpiece of world literature to its country of origin. Well, here's the thing. I keep calling it a forfeiture. It was a seizure. They seized that item. This is from CNN. What do you expect? They're going to throw in bullshit. So no, they're... they're and they're, change they're, words. They're changing the words to forfeiture to make it sound like it wasn't ripped from where it was by uh, aggressive means. Originally. Making it sound like, oh, they they contacted us and, and handed it over because they, you know... No. I'm not but they're also going out of their way not to give Hobby Lobby any. Hobby Lobby previously agreed to forfeit thousands of artifacts from Iraq and pay a $3 million fine in 2017 to resolve a civil action the Justice Department brought against it. In 2018, those 3,800 artifacts, including cuneiform tablets, were returned to Iraq after they had been falsely labeled as tile samples and illegally smuggled to Hobby Lobby. According to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, and the Justice Department, CNN's Alicia Ebrahimji contributed to this report. So there you go. Congratulations, Christians. You guys are criminals too. There's a lot of artifacts. Yeah. Stolen artifacts. There's a lot of Stolen artifacts. Well, it's not surprising. There was a little turmoil a little while he's back. You know. well, there still is a lot of turmoil. Yeah, but not with... Stolen artifacts. I'm just going to keep throwing that out there. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not fucking steal. Congratulations, Christians. No, it's okay for artifacts. Apparently. And yeah, Jones did that shit all the time. He's fake, Chris. Yeah, but he stole all that stuff. But he's fake. So who cares? It's not real. It's your imagination. You don't know that it's not real. Okay. Except for that last one. No, that's the realest one. Because aliens. Monkeys. What about monkeys? Because monkeys are known for their affinity for Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Otherwise he wouldn't be popular. Just do it! Your music.
Mysteries of the Unexplained! Hey, Larry. Hey, Chris. What you doing? Well, we're going to do a throwback today. Mm, there's a couple of those last night. I don't know if I'm up for another one. You'll be up for this one because it's Mysteries of the Unexplained! Ooh, retro week. Yeah. I just used my brand new random number generator, and we got page 260. And I can't guarantee it's not one we haven't already done. And I might not remember. I need a one piece of email we get about the show. Hey, you guys did that in episode 141. And... God help you for knowing that. Well, I can't do 260, so I'll just skip over to 261, because it's just a bunch of... It's not actual clips or stories. So, 261, and here we go. The death of St. Polycarp. Polycarp? Yes. It's uh, multi-carps. At least it's not polycrap. That's true. That would be bad. Maybe. One of the earliest Christian martyrdoms for which an eyewitness account survives is that of St. Polycarp, the Bishop of Smyrna. Bishop of Smyrna? Smyrna. Smyrna. Today known as Izmir in Turkey. <laughs> Condemned to die at the stake because he would not recognize the divinity of the Roman emperor. Ah. He, he was put to death in the stadium at Smyrna in AD 155 when he was 86 years old. Well, good on you. Yeah. The manner of his death is described in a letter of unquestioned authenticity written by members of the church in Smyrna. There's a lot of churches in Smyrna. Which one is it? First Baptist. <laughs> When he hath offered up the amen and finished his prayer, the fireman lighted the fire, and a mighty flame flashed forth. We, to whom it was given to see, saw a marvel. Yea, and we were preserved. That we might... Except for Polycarp. (laughs) True. Uh, That we might relate to the rest what happened. The fire making the appearance of a vault, like a sail of a vessel filled by the wind. The emperor goes over and lights the fire and turns to the rest of the Christians in the group and goes, tell your friends. Yeah. Made a wall around the body of the martyr, and it was there in the midst, not like flesh burning, but like gold and silver refined in a furnace. For we perceive such a fragrant smell as if it were the wafted odor of Frankenstein or some other precious spice. I just love how they do that. The odor of frankincense or some other precious spice. Might have just been thyme. I don't know. I'm I'm sure it smelled lovely. Maybe they filled his pockets with herbs. Or with herbs. Maybe he wasn't put to death. Maybe he was just roasted. Well, technically. So at length, the lawless men, seeing that his body could not be consumed by fire, ordered the executioner to go up to him and stab him with a dagger because he's in fire. So let's use a short-bladed weapon. Don't we have a bow? Don't we have a ranger in this party? Might have been his name. We don't know that. Guy could have been named Bo. Bo! Damn him. Well, maybe he's he's an assassin. He can throw that on. He might be an assassin. Who knows? And when he had done this, there came forth a quantity of blood. Oh, so this was like a uh, Evil Dead movie. No, it could be any amount of blood. Quantity. That's true. It's not drip. It's not specifying if it was a lot or a little. 
And all the multitude marveled that there would be so great a difference between the unbelievers and the elect. After St. Polycarp died, the fire was lit again because there was so much blood it put it out. No, they had to put it out so they could get there with a dagger. Well, there's that too. And his body was cremated. Herbert Thurston, The Physical Phenomena of Mysticism. Pages 171, 222 through 223. Should I read another off this page? I got three here. Well, I got two in a chunk. I'll do the other one. Well, there's a two, not a chunk. Right. The saintly ordeal of Peter Igmus. Igmus. Okay. In 1068, the citizens of Florence, Italy, took to the streets to protest the appointment of their new bishop, a man well known to have purchased the office at the cost of an enormous bribe. Only the judgment of heaven, it was decided, could settle the matter and bring the rioting to an end. And with that in mind, St. John Gualbert... Abbot of Valomosabrosa. Maybe you're not the man for this job. <laughs> Ordered one of his monks, Peter Aldobrandini, to submit to God's judgment in an ordeal of fire. Oh, look, more burnings. Hmm. Two mounds of wood, ten foot long, with a narrow passage between them, were duly made ready for the test. When the wood was burning fiercely... Peter, who had prepared himself by saying mass, removed his outer vestment and walked slowly between the two infernos, along a pathway now strewn with red-hot embers. He emerged from the fire unharmed, his hair unsinged, his priestly robe, which he had taken off, unscorched. No, he removed his outer garment. So his coat? It's like a, it's like a bathroom, but made of sponges. Made of sponges? Mm-hmm. He then volunteered to go back through the he fire. Was but not stupid. He volunteered to go back through the fire again, but the crowd was convinced God had made his will plain instead of tuna fish flavored. The bishop was deposed and later came to repent his action, and Peter Aldo Brandini eventually became a cardinal. Was he a pretty red cardinal? They are a lot. Females are brown. There are female problems. Yeah, I see them flying around all the time. Mm, the church won't allow it. Mm, that's weird. Then how do we get the other cardinals? Was it St. Louis? No, the male cardinal. Do they just appear? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, stuff. He was he was shot with a cannon as St. Peter Igneus, St. Peter Fire. Another Herbert Thurston, The Physical Phenomena of Mysticism, page 172. Hey, it's the page right after the last one. It's transcribing into the book. <laughs> no, right <laughs> into this book. All right, so there you go. A couple of stories from Mysteries of the Unexplained. Well, these weren't explained. Kind of. No mystery there. I'm just there. mystery there because it's religion. Yeah. So, cue uh, mysterious mystery music. Well, there it is. I hope you really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun doing it. Very weird stuff. And, of course, there's some metal news. Because there always has to be metal news. And uh, a whole bunch of other things. Still don't understand the whole fire thing, but whatever. All right, so for Chris, Marissa in parentheses, Harvey and the rest of the crew, I'm Larry saying... I I guess... The Caprice? In the 1600s? I don't know. Something like that. 
Fuck off. I don't care. Hey there, listeners. Larry here. If this is your first time listening, then, hey, how's it going? If you're listening with a friend or just kind of ran into us, I can help you find us some more. You can find us by searching on Spotify or Podbean by typing in Achieving Reality in the search bar, or you can go on Facebook and type in Achieving Reality and find us that way. Thanks a whole lot, and keep enjoying the show. We love y'all. Google post saying, 